morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with Casey. We're going to go over uh, the topics of the day. So summer's over and uh, what a summer it was. We had rising interest rates, rising um, uh, gas prices. Uh, you know, the market really was in shock. The interest rates were going a little bit crazy, which have settled down. But, you know, we're in a mortgage bizarro world right now. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why it's a time to sell, um, which is critical. We're going to talk about a, an element that helped us through the summer and is going to help us from this point on. And it's called a six-point pre-inspection and why those are so critical to what's happening right now in the market. And then I'm going to tell you quick and easy ways to find out what your home is really worth. Forget about the computers. Forget about, you know, you go on Zillow and uh, Redfin. And, you know, I make a living out of sitting down with sellers and going, well, Redfin says your house is this and Zillow says your house is worth this or that. And they're not within $150,000 of each other. So forget about all that stuff. I'm going to give you some simple, easy ways to figure out what your house is worth. And there really should be no you know, question uh, about that, which, which to me is shocking because it's so simple to find out what a house is worth. And yet in McLean last month, 30 houses withdrew, 20 houses sold. So you're telling me that 60% of the inventory was overpriced and didn't sell. Um, I just find that really hard to believe. So um, I'm going to give you a nice, easy way to do it. But first of all, let's, let's go with, um, you know, a time to sell. Now, in, in analyzing everything for every seller, I'm looking at how many houses are on the market, how much competition we have, how long they've been on the market, all of that. So surprisingly enough, in the last couple of houses we've been analyzing to time when we're going off, there's nothing on the market. I mean, there's no competitors on the market. Um, we did have, uh, you know, one house, but the house was put on the market for 139% of assessment. It was dated. So it is probably 150,000 overpriced. So that's not a competitor. So we're looking at this going, well, now, wait a minute. In all of 221A1, there's not one house other than this well over, overpriced house. Not one house between 1.1 and $1.3 million. Is that crazy or what? So if you're, you know, consider this to be, uh, you know, we keep talking about the buyer pool. Well, think of your buyers as the fish. And the fish have not been fed now for two or three months. And now when you throw food in and they haven't been fed for a couple months, there's going to be a fight at the bat rack. There's going to be very aggressive bidding going on. So that's what we find ourselves now in some of the areas, you know, on the market. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about, you know, why is this such a great time to sell? Well, Interest rates, interest rates are in what's are in what I think is a bizarre world. Normally, you have jumbo rates up here. You have conforming rates, which are rates on mortgages. Come on in, hon. What do you need, bud? Okay, get it. Yep, yep. Get what you need. I bet this doesn't happen on ABC News. I bet. I'll bet this never happened to Walter Cronkite. Yeah. Of course, Walter Cronkite was in his studio. So anyways, let's talk about mortgages and why this is a great 
the, the second link of why this is a great time to sell. So normally, uh, jumbo interest rates are this high and conforming interest rates, in other words, loans under $647,000 are this low. But that's not the way it is right now. Conforming rates are at 6%. Jumbo rates are at 5%. And you get a seven-year arm where you lock the rate in for seven years at 4.65%. So this is the way the market looks right now. Jumbos are way down here. So let me show you the effect of that. Let me share my screen. Let me get over here. And let me go like this. Now, this is a chart of the percentage of homes under contract, right? So I'm just looking at Vienna. And right here, you've got 800 to a million dollar homes. You have million, 1 million to 1.3 million dollar homes, 1.3 to 1.6 million dollar homes, 1.6 plus. And then I broke it into the zip codes, right? Because each one of these is a market into itself. So we're looking at basically 12 individual markets. So look at the market at 800 to a million dollars and how, you know, this is almost, this is a buyer's market right here, right? So in 22180, it's a buyer's market under 800. This is a seller's market up here in 22181. And again, we're in about a neutral market in 22180. But look at the market here on the 1.3 to 1. say 1.6 million dollar homes. So you see how high this is? Look, 22180, they've got like 85 or 90% of the houses under contract. That's crazy, right? That's nuts. So, so these homes are in a solid seller's market, solid, well, this is neutral, but this is a seller's market. The reason for this is that rates are at 4.65% on a seven-year arm. And down here, these people are paying 6%. When you get to these price houses, you got to be real careful and make sure you price them correctly. You can't get weird with your pricing up here. But that shows you that right now, anyone between 1, 1 million and 1.6 million, other than this one market right here, in 22181, between 13 and 16, you know? And again, this can be caused because people overprice their house and they're just not selling. But you can see clearly that this market between a million and a million six is higher because we're in bizarro world, right? You guys see that? So, so reason number one, why a million to a million six should be on the market is there's no inventory. Reason number two, is bizarro world has changed the rates. The rates are down at 5%, 4.65 for a seven-year arm versus 6% for the other, for the conforming loans. So, you know, I just, I just told a seller the three-boat story and I, I'm going to say really, really quick here, you know, this is a, this is a story where, you know, guys sitting on the roof and the flood is coming and, 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 a boat comes up and says, Hey, you got to get in this boat. You got to get in this boat. It's going to, you know, you're going to drown. He says, Hey, I'm a very religious man. I'm, you know, trust me, the Lord is just testing me right now. And uh, the boat drives off and uh, water rises. And, and here comes another boat. He says, You got to get in the boat, man. You're going to drown. It's not peaking yet. And the guy goes, No, 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 no. I'm, I'm a man of the Lord. Um, this is just a test. He loves me and I love him and nothing's going to happen. And 
So he's sitting on the top and, and the water's at his feet and the third boat comes and the third boat says it hasn't peaked yet. You're going to die if you don't get in this boat. The Lord is my savior. The Lord will protect me. Don't worry about it. I don't need to get in the boat. I'm fine. He'll take care of me. The water rises. He drowns. He goes up to St. Peter. He goes, hey, hey, I was a man of faith. I believed in you. I trusted in you. I figured you'd take care of me. I figured you'd protect me. He goes, hey, man, St. Peter goes, I sent three boats, right? So the first boat was in the spring when we said, hey, this is, you know, February. We said, um, interest rates are down. If things are going crazy, get your house on. People are bidding $200,000, $300,000 over list price. May, June, second boat comes in. I'm saying, look, we really got to get going. I mean, before something, you know, gets crazy here. Let's get the house on the market. Let's get it sold. And again, we were getting two or $300,000. This is the third boat. Okay. Right now, after the summer, this is the third boat. No inventory, jumbo rates are down low. This is the third boat. If you think you're gonna sell the house this year, now's the time to go. And you need to get in the third boat. It's time, it's time for us to move on, right? Now, the question is, well, what's it gonna be like in February and March? I have no idea. Uh, man, with interest rates the way they are, they're going up three quarters of a point. Uh, we got bizarro world in, in uh, mortgage land right now. I don't know. You know, I'm taking advantage of it. Um, and then uh, with the inflation, the way it's in, you've got um, uh, elections going on. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, variables that can happen between here and March. Our gas price is coming down just because we struck the oil reserve. And that's going to run out after, after a while. Is after the election, the, the gas prices are going to go back up. Um, interest rates are up. So I don't know what's going to happen in February and March. I buy when I, you know, you buy when they cry and you sell when they yell. And right now they're yelling. The buyer pool has not been fed. The buyer pool is not being fed. There are houses on the market, but they're either overpriced or underprepared. And, and so I would say the quality inventory is gone, right? So if you're going to move, you want to move quicker, not later. Don't get close to the election. You know, we want to move in September, move in October, get everything done, locked up, put in a put in a can, and have you renting your property through Christmas. So, so I would say we need to take advantage. The sellers, it's time to sell. This is the third boat. Um, I'm telling you to get in now. We need to make sure the helmet's prepared. I know it's a pain in the ass. I know it's I know it's a pain in the ass, right? To you know, to get your house painted and to get it cleaned up and to get it thinned out and to get it looking good. I, I get that, I get that. But it's a $200,000 difference between a home that's in bad shape and dated and a home that everybody's fighting over. So, you know, if $100,000 or $200,000 is important to you, I'd rather put the effort in, in front before we list, before we list, because it's a little bit of an effort before we list but should that house stay on the market for 30, 60, 90 to 100 days and you have inspections and you have problems with the inspections and you have a house kick out and you got to put the house back on the market. You want to talk about some real work? I'm talking about, you know, hours worth of work versus weeks worth of work. So, and with hundred to $200,000 at stake, just do it the right way. Just don't do it the wrong way. Do it the right way. There's, there's, hundreds of people that have done it the right way that we have a we have a guideline like i always tell everybody the only reason i get on the roller coaster is because i know a thousand people have gotten that roller coaster and arrived back safe so 
I don't care how scary it is. I know I'm going to get back here safe. And so when you put your house on the market and you prepare it, you price it right, and you let everybody bid it out, you don't have to think you're the first. You're about the 400. So, um, you know, that's just the path that works. So let's talk about, you know, making sure that we avoid what I think is the worst part of the home selling process, and that is the home inspection. So we went, and again, uh, Sarah Mormon does uh, the masterminds at Samson Properties, and we get together all the agents that are doing over $10 million. Big group, great group. A lot of good information going back and forth. You know, everybody's learning from themselves. Nobody's trying to hide anything. Everybody's sharing their ideas and what they think they should do. So the latest came, you know, about 45 to 60 days ago when we started talking about doing home inspections, pre-home inspections. So I got together with our home inspector and I came up with a six point home inspection that you need to do before you um, sell your house. Is it a pain in the ass? A little bit, but a, but a home inspection by the other guy's home inspector is gonna be a massive nightmare. So we get our home inspector in here first. He identifies any problems or issues. We fix them up front. We fix them. Then we display a six point home inspection to the buyers that are coming in. Now, this does a couple things. One, it gives the buyers more comfort that this home is in good shape, right? So maybe it can avoid a home inspection. Maybe. Let's say 50% of the time it avoids a home inspection. Fine. Well, that's a big number, 50%. So I'll take that, right? And if it is, if they do want a home inspection, you know, even though we've had a six-point inspection, we have an advocate. We have, it's like having your own attorney, right? Okay, so he's a home inspector. They got a home inspector. Our home inspector will battle their home. Let them battle it out. What's important and what's not important. So, so I would rather have our guy do our points, find out if anything's wrong, find out if we need electrical work done. I know it's a pain in the ass. I know it might cost a thousand bucks, but if they find it, it's 5,000. If they find it, the guy kicks out of the contract, it could be 25,000, 50,000. So again, we're trying to minimize risk and maximize profit. So to minimize the risk, you have a six point home inspection. You do what the home inspector tells you to do. He gives you a clean bill of health. And then we march out the homes in great shape again, you know, I don't know what the what the term is of, of um, an ounce of of preparation is worth a pound of whatever, whatever. All I'm saying is you put in this much time before to do an inspection, get your house ready, make it looking good. Or you can do that if the house is not looking good and it stays on the market and you've got it. You're at the mercy of a buyer and their home inspector. So, again, doing it right. Six point inspection. It's a fact of life. Why didn't we do it before? Because we got seven contracts per deal. Seven contracts per deal does not require a home inspection up front, right? Now they do. The buyer pools are smaller. We don't get as many contracts. More people are asking for home inspections. So now we need to get out in front of that home inspection. And we need to make sure that we are not only prepared from a cosmetic, not only do we have our lipstick on and we look great, but we also have had a physical from the doctor and the doctor says we're fine. Our ticker's fine, you know? Liver count is just where it should be. Now, again, they may still have a little home inspection, 
but it, but when we take any issues, we we send our home inspection to them. We we make it public to everybody. We literally put it in the documents. Do you want to see our home inspection? It's in the documents. We have nothing to hide, and that does give people comfort, right? So we call those the gold standard. That's the gold standard of listings, man. They're priced right, prepared right. They got a home inspection. They're ready to go. Everybody can rely on that. Now, let me just say one thing, okay? This is why it's really important that you get the, the right agent. So some agents, we all know, will just price it whatever the seller says. Overprice it, we don't care, right? That agent has no credibility in the real estate market. So the agents will look at that and go, well, we know they overprice house all the time. We know the house is somewhere down low. So, so it is, it, it is extremely valuable to have a name on the sign that everybody can rely on to say he's going to put his name or she's going to put her name on this listing. If she's going to put the name on the listing, that price is right. If they put a gold standard seal on it, that means this listing has met the gold standard of all the listings we do and they sell in four days. So that is that is extremely important. I've had builders say, will you list this house? And the answer is absolutely under no circumstances am I putting my name on that house, right? Because you're giving credibility to the to the house, to the builder, to the, you know, to the price, to the terms. I mean, forget it, you know. So, you know, somebody asked me, do you ever walk away from listings? Like, absolutely. I'm not gonna put my name on a listing that's unprepared and overpriced. I just soon go find other listings. So we do. So let's talk about uh, finding the value for your house, right? What is your house worth? And, and let's talk about some, uh, I'm gonna talk about some difficult things as well, okay? So, so let's, let's just have one barometer that's an easy barometer, okay? Let's say you find four homes in your neighborhood or your area that you've seen and you've sold and they've really got to be within the last 60 days. I mean, anything in May and April, and all, that's history. You really need sales, current sales. You really need to know what is on the market currently, what is pending, what is under contract, what is active, right? So all you need to determine is what's my, what is the average percentage of assessment, okay? So let's say five people sold and you're looking at them you go to the Fairfax County tax records or Loudoun County tax records or Prince William County tax records. You look up their house, they'll tell you, what's their assessment? Well, what's your assessment? Well, they sold at 120% of assessment. We'll take a look at the pictures. They're all online. Do you think that house is as good a shape as you are? Right. So let's say they're assessed at $600,000 and you're assessed at $650,000 and they look pretty comparable. Their home sold at 120% of assessment, well, what's 120% of your assessment? That might give you that might give you a good number, right? That's gonna give you the correct number. I'm gonna tell you that people are putting their house on the market at 140% of assessment when the average is 120 and they're sitting. And it's stupid, right? It's real simple, it's right there. What's your percentage of assessment? What did they sell for? Oh, there's homes under contract? Go on the tax records. Find out what their tax assessment is, right? So their tax assessment is $750,000. Yours is $750,000. They went under contract in three days, somebody bid that house up. So you could have 20, 30, $40,000 over that price. Apply that percentage. They got 750, they're assessed at 600. That's 125% of assessment. 
I pulled that out of my ass. I don't know whether that's right or not. What's 125% of your assessment, right? So yes, there's price per square foot. Yes, there's a, a professional realtor needs to adjust your house up and down for condition, for upgrades. What value do you put on $350,000 in upgrades? Depends on the upgrades, right? So that's a professional realtor. They're coming in to um, polish that number and say, if we start here and this takes us up and this takes us down and this is where we should be considering upgrades, condition, lot, uh, market conditions, right? Another thing we consider is, okay, they got 125% of their assessment. Where do they price it at? Where you price it at is not where it's gonna sell for. Where you price it at is very important. There are certain thresholds, right? So you can't go over major thresholds. So we like to keep it under the 50,000 or $100,000 threshold. There's another threshold that you wanna think about that's, that's out there. It's, it's in that 750, 1 million, 1.25 million, 1.5 million, 1.75 million, 2 million, right? So <clears throat> there's another threshold at the $250,000 mark. Why? Because they pulled that out of their head, right? So people don't put out for 800 and say, well, let's look for 750 or below, right? Or maybe not 700, they'll go 750. So, so that's another threshold we need to be cognizant of, all right? So because the buyer pools are lower, not smaller right now, they were 800, now they're about 150 or 200. Because the buyer pools are smaller, you need to make sure that you're extremely accurate. You can't be wrong. If it doesn't sell on the first weekend, you're going to be, everybody's going to think there's something wrong with your house. And there is, you overpriced it. So, you know, I went over that whole process of, you know, we know what our price is. We have our percentage of assessment. We have our price per square foot. We've made our adjustments for upgrades and condition. And we've made the condition wonderful. So the condition, you know, nobody wants to come into a house that's, that's not updated. They just don't want to, right? They don't have the time. They don't have the energy. And, and that's a buyer pool that we don't want to get into. Because to be honest with you, the people that were saying, I'll buy a fixer upper, they want to cut the price to the bone, right? So I don't want, I want people that'll pay for convenience. You know what? You fix it up so I don't have to do it. I'll give you another $100,000. I don't own it. I don't care. So those are the buyers we want. I don't want the buyers that are out there. We call them bottom feeders. And I have buyers that are bottom feeders too. We'll go out and we'll look for it and we'll find a home in bad condition. And then we are going, we're going down deep, right? We put on a mask, we go and rob, rob the house, get it for a good number. So, so we don't want to deal with those buyers. We want to deal with buyers of convenience. They have money, they pay for convenience, they're used to it. The bigger prices, they've got, you know, the bigger jumbo loans now, like I said, are lower. So, so anyways, you know, we want to make sure that we're very cognizant of, and you guys should know, you know, what to expect from your house, right? Now let's take another house. Kevin just called me up. He's got a townhouse. There's nothing been sold. Nothing been sold. Townhouses and a certain thing, blah, 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 blah. There's just no comps. What if there are no comps, right? Then you go back. They bought it in 2015. We can plot the market of single family detached homes, homes that have sold. 
we can plot that market. And I can tell you they went up 25% in the last two years, 25%. So, so we can take that chart of valuations for homes that did sell, right? Like single family detached homes. And you can put their home in 2015 on that chart. Well, if they went up 28% and I went up 28%, what's my value? Because you're all moving up together, right? So we start here and they move up, then I move up. So, so I don't need townhouses selling to tell me what a townhouse is worth. The whole market went up 28%. Now, I'm talking about price range. So let's say it's a say it's an $800,000 townhouse. And there are no $800,000 townhouses. So find me $800,000 or assessments, um, single family detached. What have they been doing since 20? 2010. Let's follow them along. Okay, they went up like this, then they went like that. Oh my gosh, they're 25% above value. Fine. What's 25% above your value? And then apply that to the townhouse. So all I have to do is mirror something that I have comps in. So many times, again, if you don't have a comp, right, then you find what I call bedrock. Okay, uh, 2,400 square foot house. Uh, built in 1982, um, and and I could plot that throughout the years. What what would that house be worth throughout the years? Uh, we do it for every listing, every listing. So all you have to do if you don't have comps is find the closest bedrock and mirror it, and just mirror it. And I can mirror it back from 2000. We can go back to 2000, and I'll do the bedrock, and then I'll mirror you no matter when you bought the house. Now, if you bought it in 1964, I can't help you. You know, we got to think of something else. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll think of something else, but but I'm I'm telling you that if somebody bought a townhouse in 2015 and there are absolutely no comps, then I'm going to mirror I'm going to mirror the bedrock, which is a standard home of that assessment, single family detached within a two mile radius, and I'll just I'll go back throughout the years and I'll find out what they were worth. Numbers are a funny thing, guys. This is math. Real estate is math. You know, I have um, I have wonderful people that work with me, you know, Morgan and Colby and, and Kelly and um, Billy and Pat and Pam. And what they are there to do is make sure that the that feel that aura of the house is, is welcoming and comforting and all that stuff. I'm a math guy. I'm a hired gun and I'm a math guy. OK, we need to know what number is going to get the most people into that house and get the highest number out of that contract. I am a math guy. I'm a hired guy. So they're here for the nurturing. Um, you know, we all have things that we're good at and have things we're not good at. You know, maybe I'm a football coach and next spring. I'm not a good nurturer. But I'm a good math guy. Right. And they're good nurturers. So, you know, I always tell the realtors when we are giving classes and talking about it, go find your, you know, your anti you find out, you know, what you do really well and what you don't do really well and find something that does that really well. And then team up. I believe in partnerships. That's why we get married. We find a partner, you know, someone we love and they're really good at some things and, I, and we're really good at other things. And somehow the whole thing matches. I don't want to do their job. They don't want to do my job. We partner. So anyways, 
I think that's the way it is. You need to find your partner in the real estate world. If you're looking to sell, I'm a pretty dang good partner. 703-508-2535. Or you can reach me at Casey at CaseySampson.com. If you're a buyer getting into this market and you're looking to take advantage of the rates before they get up a little bit higher, you can also give me a call. I have six great buyer agents and all they do is find homes for people and do a great job at it. So give me a call, 703-508-2535. My name is Casey Sampson. You've been listening to Coffee with Casey. We'll see you again next week. Bye now.